0: We know that people used one or more of these qualities to help them make their decisions and we wanna learn from them. Now, sit back, listen, and be inspired by these stories and then do
1: something to recharge your life. Let's get to it. Hi everyone, it's Kelly. We're so honored to have Andrew Davey as our special guest. Andrew has worked in theater, finance, and education. He's taught at English in Macau on a Fulbright grant and he's published short stories as well as crime fiction novellas with All Due Respect, Close to the Bone, Alien Buddha Press, and a memoir. He's also a survivor of a ruptured brain aneurysm and subarachnoid hemorrhage. He co-hosts a music podcast as well called Happy Hour with Heather and Guest. Andrew, such a pleasure to have you on our show today. We always like to start our podcast by asking what what you like to do when you push yourself and expand your thinking.
2: Uh, Well, first, thank you so much for having me on. Uh, What I like to do to push myself and expand my thinking. Um, Well, I think um, within the last few years, uh, especially with a lot of downtime during COVID, um, I would listen to a lot of podcasts that I thought were very uh, inspirational. There's one in particular called the Secular Buddhism Podcast, which I felt was really helpful to sort of keep things in perspective. Um, and there's another one called philosophize this, which uh, also sort of helped uh, put things in perspective. Um, but mostly, reading or listening to podcasts, I think, would be what would help uh, give me the motivation I needed, especially during you know times times that are everyone is sort of trying to figure things out. I hope Andrew- that answered the question. I'm sorry, that was a little. I rambled a little bit.
0: Oh, no, Andrew, absolutely no rambling. Uh you you didn't do that at all. Thank you so much. What what about each of those podcasts provided inspiration? Like what's the inspiring part to you? What did, what was the message that they gave you or that that hook that kept you coming back and listening to it?
2: Well, I think um what what had been interesting is that I had gone from a very personal uh, experience that was difficult to articulate to people, having had a, a, the brain aneurysm, uh, and then obviously when COVID hit and it became a universal thing, um, it was difficult at times to keep things in perspective, as I had said. Um, but one of the things that was helpful was sort of learning about how much of what I was experiencing wasn't unique to me, uh, you know, that it's, that everyone is sort of going through their own difficult times. Uh, and that's really what, what helped at the end of the day. Um, it wasn't necessarily, uh, ideals or, or a mantra or something. It was more along the lines of just, we're, we're all sort of in this together. I think the biggest, well, now that I said no mantras, one of the, one of the mantras was, uh, <laughs> was, a. uh, uh we're all in different boats, but we're in the same storm. So I felt, mm. I felt like those were sorts of things that I could sort of hold on to, uh, as I was addressing overwhelming circumstances.
0: I, I, I love that you said there's no mantra. Okay, wait, there's one mantra. Mm-hmm. And I, I really appreciate that one because isn't that like one of the best learnings when you realize in a way, I'm not that special right? Like my journey, like it might be special to me, but everyone has their kind of journey. Like you said, we're all in these different boats, but it's the same storm. And when you realize that other people have gone through it, not only do you feel like, oh, I could bond with others on this, but then also your story becomes hopeful to other people. It's so like, well, if he got through it, I can do it too. My situation might not be exactly like Andrew's, but I can learn from it and I can, I can survive it as well. That's why Kelly and I love to do this this podcast because of s- stories um, that people can share and learn from. And so it's so great to realize you're kind of not, in a way, not that special. Like everyone has issues that they go
1: through.
2: Definitely. I mean, I think that, that was sort of uh, when, when I was uh, in graduate school, uh, one of the authors I enjoyed reading a lot was this guy named David Foster Wallace. Uh, And he spoke about how good writing allows people to feel less alone. And I think I sort of have held that to be, uh, you know, for everything. I think we, you know, we all have difficulty, uh, but but it gets worse a lot of the time when we feel like we're alone and going through it. So much of what I took from, you know, any of the things that I had read or listened to that were really helpful was just to sort of know that this is not like, you know, not unique to me, um, you know, that, that we're all sort of in the same position, even though it feels different a lot of the time.
0: Mm Hmm. So I, I like that one as well with, uh, your powerful writing doesn't make you feel alone and you're right. It gets worse because sometimes you get in a situation, you isolate yourself and then you feel more alone and more depressed or more, um, like this, I can never get through this. And so reaching out and talking to other people is so important. So I appreciate just what wonderful ways that you've already helped us, Andrew, with um, the ways that you push your thinking and can help others. So you've kind of, we alluded to it earlier, and I have a feeling that could be your, the, the big thing that changed your life, but what is the decision or something that happened that changed the trajectory of your life? And then what are some of those charge qualities that you use to help you in this, in this moment, in this decision and in, in what happened
2: to you? Uh, well, I would say to, to sort of give more framework uh, before uh, the, the aneurysm was sort of the big major change. Um, that wasn't really my, I didn't really have much control over that.
0: <laughs> no, you didn't decide to have it. Andrew.
2: <laughs> no, but, but it, it obviously ended up being the sort of the pivotal moment. Um, but before that I had, uh, been teaching uh, high school um, at, at the same time that I was trying to establish a career as a writer. So uh, I had thought I m- I looked at myself. You know, most of my colleagues who were teachers really felt a, you know a calling for the job, whereas for me I looked at myself more as a mercenary. Um, you know, the job was a way for me to. Uh, you know, pay the bills. I mean, I enjoyed it. I certainly connected with the students, and there were a lot of moments that were really wonderful. But I was always sort of removed from from looking at it like a calling. Uh, and then when the aneurysm happened, uh, and I really I couldn't go back to teaching full time, and thankfully I could still write, but it wasn't the same sort of goal that I had had before. the last uh, few years really have it because I I had the aneurysm in 2018. So really the last, I would say from 2018 till about 2020 uh, a lot of what I was trying to do were sort of um, recommit myself to the same goals that I'd had before the aneurysm. Uh, And then, you know, I, I, couldn't go back to teaching full-time, so I got a job as a tutor that was going to start in March of 2020, um, and then, obviously, COVID sort of changed the landscape of everything. But it wasn't until, uh, I would say, th- this past year that I realized that um, I-, I couldn't really just use this, the, the goals I'd had previously uh, to be motivations for me to want to live a fulfilling life. Um, either because the priority that I had uh, where they fell on that list had changed or they were just unattainable now. Um, So I sort of realized that that was the silver lining of COVID. I had time to sort of really continue to heal physically and emotionally, but also reevaluate what was going to be a motivating factor. So, um, so I actually, I decided to go back to school. uh, So I'll be, I will be um starting a, a clinical mental health counseling program in January uh which has sort of become my new uh my new motivating goal to 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 become a mental health counselor to try and help people who were struggling with um you know with going through difficult moments I sort of felt like I had unique insight that I could offer uh but um but going back to your question what were the things I think, uh, in, in the recharge acronym, uh, certainly, um, the endurance quality, uh, I know that's not the exact word, but, um, but, uh, just sort of being able to be knocked down and getting back up again. Um, I think that's just really important for everyone, whether or not you've had a, a traumatic brain injury or not, just, um, understand, you know, understanding that. Uh, things will work out in some way. Um, At at times we may, we may label them as good or bad, but really it's just a a matter of perspective most of the time. So um, I think being comfortable with, you know, getting knocked down five times, but getting up six times and sort of being prepared to, uh, to keep going. that was probably the biggest, the thing that served me most.
0: How did Andrew first, I'm so glad you're healthy and, and you've moved past and, and you're here with us. So yay on that. What, what were, when you talked about the goals changing and your, the resilience is key, like you said, what, How did it go kind of mentally when you're like, okay, all these goals have to change because I now have this this, uh, brain aneurysm and my life is different? How easy or difficult and kind of that spectrum was it for you to let go of some of those past goals and create new ones? Sometimes people have a hard time letting go of certain things they thought they wanted when a situation has given them a, a different outlook so how have, how was that for you changing your your goals?
2: that That was actually uh, one of the more difficult things. Uh, you know it was It was strange because um, I really didn't know how my recovery was I was going it was easy. It was sort of easy to chart my physical recovery. Uh, you know, in the beginning, I needed to walk with a cane, uh, and I had double vision, so I wore an eye patch. And eventually um, I didn't need the cane anymore uh, or my double vision pretty much went away. Um, But I also didn't know that I was going to have to recover emotionally. That would be a completely separate phase. Um, And the realization that my goals needed to change didn't happen until very late. I would say within Probably, in between year two and three, uh, and that was a really difficult thing not to accept uh, necessarily, but just to understand that um, that if I wanted to be fulfilled, perhaps some of the things that I had anticipated, you know, from ten years ago being being the the goals would would have to change. Um, so it was difficult, not necessarily to come to terms with it, but just to recognize that that was what needed to be the, the difference. Mm. Um, so, but also, I mean, thankfully I had a very, I had, I had and have a very good support group of people who mm-hmm. uh, are very much um, able to sort of understand the, the big picture and the little picture ideas as I go through them. Um, and I have the, the tenacity to want to, um, you know, in the beginning, it was sort of uh, one, I had to sort of navigate through a lot of really uh, difficult moments uh, to arrive at something that's still uncertain. Um, and that was sort of the biggest thing was being comfortable with uncertainty and mm. taking taking a risk and saying, you know what, I had assumed my life would be a certain way or that certain goals would be my lifetime goals. Um, Mm -hmm. And now I've realized that that's not necessarily the case, Uh, Mm -hmm. but it took a while to feel comfortable enough with that, uh, that it, that it wasn't really overwhelming. Mm -hmm.
0: Andrew, did you, did you think before the, the aneurysm, did you think, Hey, I'm a pretty resilient and flexible person or did you think, this is my plan. I'm, I'm good and locked and loaded in this plan. Like, or did this kind of help you become more resilient or already build on, you were already kind of pretty flexible and resilient? Uh,
2: I, I would say that's a great question. Um, I'd like to think of myself as being pretty flexible and resilient. Um, back then, I mean, I, I had, uh, I had ended up in teaching, sort of, as a uh, through a very circuitous way. Uh, I had never planned on being a teacher, so I was sort of open to to different opportunities as they presented themselves. Um, I, I think I'm much more resilient now um, because I've I've faced much more difficult challenges. Um, I would say that I, I was probably pretty locked and loaded with regard to wanting to be a writer. Um, okay. And that was kind of the driving force. Um, whereas now I've, I've sort of accepted that it's not necessarily going, you know, I'm, I, I I don't, I can't imagine that at some point I will end up on the New York times bestseller list. Um, I mean, while it's still nice to fantasize about that, I, I don't really see it as, something that could happen. Whereas I think maybe 15 years ago, I didn't really think about it as something that could happen, but that it might happen, and Mm -hmm. that it was a possibility. And that was sort of um, an abstract idea that I think, I think before the aneurysm, many of my goals were abstract ideas that I didn't really think about how it would work. But they served as sort of a beacon that I could move toward. Um, mm-hmm. And then subsequently, after the aneurysm, plus you know, I'm as I'm. So I had I had just turned 40 when I had my aneurysm. Um, so so my 40s have been a pretty turbulent time. But I think uh, within the last couple of years, I certainly have had a much better perspective with how, just how the trajectory that life usually takes um, as I approach middle age, uh, you know, and and just as life has gone, I mean, I don't, again, I don't think you necessarily need to have a a brain injury to reconcile that that certain things in life may not play out the way you had anticipated. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Andrew, what because yeah, we we said you obviously didn't choose to have an aneurysm, but you're choosing now to say, I'm going to study clinical mental health. I'm going to help others. I'm going to counsel others. So tell us about kind of when that idea came into your purview because it doesn't sound like you, you know, you were focused on writing and teaching. And so teaching is still a helping profession, but how did you get into this? mental health counseling how what was that decision like
2: well i i uh so the last year uh i moved back home with my parents um because it would just be easier it, you know with with COVID happening i was guaranteed human interaction every day um as opposed to if i was just in my apartment by myself right. um, and i have a very good relationship with my parents so it was a very it was an enjoyable time Um, Um, I never, I never would have imagined, you know, at the age of 43, living with my folks again would have been fun. Um, (laughs) but, uh, um, what ended up happening is I was looking at teaching positions as I I had felt, even though I'd had the tutoring uh, job lined up, which didn't happen, um, I sort of kept thinking, well, that's. Where I've been the most comfortable, so I should probably go back to that profession. Um, and I had begun to feel much more capable of looking at full-time teaching again. Uh, so, what I realized was that while there were aspects of teaching that I would always enjoy, I don't think it would have been uh, something that would have motivated me every single day um, to to want to you know if I was having a bad day. Or, you know, would this be the thing that motivated me to get out of bed and grab the bull by the horns? Um, And I tried to think, okay, well, if teaching's not going to do that, what would? And I had just remembered certain moments when I was recovering from the aneurysm, what helped me the most was, again, those moments that I'd had where I spoke to another patient or a, a, a healthcare professional who had... Who had reassured me that what I was experiencing wasn't unique to me, um, and that just just feeling like because unfortunately there there aren't you know there's not uh, there haven't been that many case studies for people who've experienced what I've experienced and come out through sort of on the other side. Um, you know most I think most most people who have had ruptured brain aneurysms. Sadly, don't make it, or they have some sort of permanent uh, disability. Um, so, I thought, okay, that's something that will motivate me every day, wanting to provide uh, guidance for people, um, and and also thinking I'm probably one of the few people who've recovered from this enough to be able to provide uh, help or support from that perspective. So. That became something where I realized, okay, this is going to be fulfilling, uh, even if it's a rough day. Um, so that that realization was was a huge kind of step in the right direction for me to feel, okay, I may not go back to teaching. And while I can still write, and I still get enjoyment out of writing, I don't think that's going to be the thing that does it. But what would be the thing? Uh, And then eventually I, I realized possibly counseling in some way. And then I just began looking at programs and, but that was the motivating thing.
0: And I think it's so beautiful that you were open and kind enough to yourself to say it. I don't think this motivates me the right way anymore. Like you said, how are the, you said, grab the bull by the horns. I want to get up and I want to say, yeah, I want to do this. And even in when the job is tough, you're still going to be fulfilled and asking yourself that question. Lots of people don't ask themselves that question. Um, and they keep kind of going and then maybe have a realization much later in life going, oh, I didn't like this. So I, I, I just really appreciate that you asked yourself that question and did something about it. And I do love that you're living with your parents and having a good time. Love that, Andrew. It's
2: so well, I, you know, there, there have been moments. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I think I remember one of the first jobs I'd had after I graduated from college. Uh, I worked in a, for a theater department uh, in New York City. And I remember being out to dinner with uh, some friends of mine. We were all in our early 20s. Uh, and they both worked in finance, and I remember uh, we all paid for the check, and we were going to split it. And my two friends paid with uh, what looked like platinum business cards and uh, credit cards, and I took out two wadded up five dollar bills. Um, and I remember thinking, okay, this is a little disconcerting because we're all the same age, and yet look at the the discrepancy between how we're paying. Um, it wasn't until much later that I realized, well. I'm also trying to be a writer, going and working in the arts. Uh, so I think my ability to sort of now at this point in my life say, you know what, let's let's make sure that we're really doing what we want to be doing for the right reasons, mm-hmm. uh, was because I had sort of faced that uh, a couple of times before, um, and mm. now having been through it a few times and sort of realizing. Okay, this is a little bit closer to what's going to give me what I'm looking for. Um, it was only by, uh, you know, having to face that a few times, that mm-hmm. I felt comfortable to finally be able to 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 speak truthful about everything. Um, you know, and the other thing is like I, I I you know so so often I think we measure ourselves against. Society's expectations. Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. That, uh, you know, I, I, at this point, I don't have a family uh, of my own. I don't have uh, a spouse or or children. So many of the decisions that I can make are made uh, solely for me um, rather than to have to think about other obligations I might have. So that, so a lot of this is all framed within the luxury I have of just thinking about myself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think there are a lot of other people out there probably that don't have uh, the luxury of being able to completely reinvent themselves um, because they do have other obligations they need to take into consideration. So, but but not to get ahead of myself, that, that was sort of um, be, being able to make that decision uh, is is a factor of a lot of things that I had had going for me that I think I was able to recognize better after the aneurysm. Um mm-hmm. you know, having having dealt with uh with difficulty and having to endure things and sort of recognizing, okay, you're you're given a clean slate. Um what do you want to do with that? Uh and it's it took a while to really feel comfortable to say, like, okay, I think I know now how I'm going to reconstruct my life and uh, and not really worry so much.
0: What a powerful message that you just said, now I have a clean slate. And what a different way you could have looked at it. You could have said, why did this happen to me? I can't believe this. And I have to mourn everything that I'm that I'm not going to do. Instead, you looked at it I have a clean slate now. I can, how can I help people? And so speaking of helping people, what is some of your actions or top advice that you have for people going through this experience? Um, what would you, what would you say that people should, um, think about?
2: Uh, well, I think, you know, I think a lot of people get caught up in thinking what's, what is going to make me happy? Um, which, it, a lot of the time, you know, unfortunately, emotions are fleeting most of the time. So one day something is going to make you happy, the next day it's not. Um, so I would say really try to look at what's going to make you feel fulfilled um, and try to, fo- you know, sometimes that takes a really long time to figure out. Um, but, uh, but event- I mean, that's really r- what you should be focusing on is just, what what is going to bring you fulfillment, um, you know? And I, again, what one of the these days I try to, try to look for silver linings with everything. Um, and one of the silver linings of the last year was sort of being able to completely decompress about everything, um, and being able to think, okay, what is going to allow me to be fulfilled every day, or what what do I expect? will allow me to be fulfilled every day. And, um, and that was really, that, that was really a focal point. Um, you know, there's always, I, there are always going to be days where I know that I'm going to feel overwhelmed or where things aren't going to be going as well. Um, the other, the other thing I've also realized though, with regard to the clean slate, um, is that I feel like at this point now I'm, uh, I'm playing with house money. That's uh, that's another mantra I've thought of. I mean, I, I w- just to give you a few details, I was about to board a plane when I had my aneurysm, uh, and I collapsed on the jetway. So had I boarded the plane, uh, I wouldn't be talking to you right now. Um, and that, that was a very, you know, I sort of allowed myself a little bit of time to contemplate the various uh aspects of that, you know, that that things yeah. happen to break in just the right way. Um
1: mm-hmm.
2: that uh you know, I, I wouldn't let myself fully go down the rabbit hole of contemplating all of that. But it also helps later to be like, well, you're here. And there are going to be days where it's really easy, um, where, where decisions uh you don't have to make any decisions, you can just sort of coast, and there are gonna be days that are really overwhelming. But you're here. Um, and since you're here, why not make the most of the situation? Uh, re- like, really, if, if you didn't have to, if you weren't thinking about how to please other people or about what expectations for someone uh, of your background or your age or things like that, measuring yourself against uh, what, what, you know, what society or culture thinks. Um, at the end of the day, if if you had to make a decision, what would you want to do? Um, mm. And really just be, being able to sort of guide people who were struggling, I know how much of that meant to me uh, when when, you know, and it could have been a very simple thing, even just somebody telling me, oh, yeah, I've had that happen to me before. Um, you know, just the sort of a- affirmation that that you're you're doing just fine uh, with what you're doing. Um, so that was really the, it was a combination of a lot of those things. Um, Mm. and I don't, I, I think it, I probably wouldn't have been able to have an appreciation for making that decision. Uh, if, if I had thought about it a few years ago, um, I think it really, unfortunately took a long time, uh, and a lot of things sort of happening, uh, that were both in and out of my control.
0: Well, I think what you said, every time you said something, I'm like, oh, I love that more. The Not the happy part, the fulfilled. So don't worry about being happy, be fulfilled. What's going to make you fulfilled? And I think that's such a powerful, I think that's so powerful. But then you said playing with house money, Andrew. And I thought, in a way, aren't we all playing with house money? right? Are we all just, you know, it's just timing and we're all kind of on here for a certain amount of time. I just, we just don't know how much time we have. And so why don't you make the most of it and be the most fulfilled that you can be while you're doing it? And so what did, Interesting perspective to say we're all playing with house money. It's not just you that was three minutes away from crossing into the plane and a very different outcome. Um, but I want to see Kelly such a powerful story, and Andrew speaks so beautifully about it. And what are some of your thoughts on what Andrew has shared with us?
1: Well, first of all, Andrew, thank you for for being vulnerable and for sharing what. I imagine has to had to have been just an incredibly scary situation um, that you live through and you survived and to be in a position to where you want to pay it forward and help other people survive whatever it is that they're going through in life. Just a, a, what a gift that you're giving to people. So thank you for that. I wonder, did you, did you yourself engage in, talking with someone and, you know, working with a mental health counselor or therapist. Um, I, I'd just be curious to know if, if that was something that, that you participated in on your journey to recovery.
2: Yes. I, um, I have spoken to a few, um, different therapists within the last couple of years. Uh, it's, it's, there, I, I had gone to one who specialized in post-traumatic stress disorder uh, because I felt like there were days where I was uh, really having difficulty. Um, one of the unfortunate side effects that I've had over the last few years is it's difficult to make emotional connections um, with certain things. So I've uh, been working with someone who is what's known as a somatic experience therapist uh, to t- sort of help me. Getting, get back in touch with uh, some of the more fleeting emotions um, these days, but uh, but yeah, I, I've I've definitely gone to uh, to some people, seen counseling. There's a great uh, support group I'm part of uh, called Brain Injury Services. Uh, so that's been I had a case manager there for a while. Um, so i fa- I found uh, a, a bunch of different um, either either um, healthcare professionals or support groups that have been really helpful in, uh, in, in providing me, you know, support along the way.
1: Thank you. And I, I love that you've taken that experience and, and looked for ways in which you can offer your insights in a, in a, in a thoughtful way, in a meaningful way to ch- help change someone else's perspective on what they're going through. You mentioned also having a really powerful support network of people around you. What were some of the things that they did that helped you just work through whatever it it was that you were working through, whether it was the physical healing, emotional healing, continual healing? What was it specifically that that network offered to you? Um, Because I think there's a lot of people who are looking to help others who might be in situations where they're struggling. Maybe it's with a health issue. Maybe it's financial. Maybe it's Um, they're going through something personally in life and often wonder, what can I do to help this person? What, what was it for you that, that, that those individuals made the difference? Uh,
2: well, I think, um, you know, a lot, a lot of times I think people will, uh, assume that what you're discussing, uh, or is a problem that needs to be solved, so they'll try to think of answers. Um, What was really helpful for me is just people who uh, would listen, Um, you know, and I I would sort of dictate what I needed, uh, if I needed anything. A lot of times, you know, I just needed somebody to hear what I was saying. Um, So I think if you can be there for people as just a good listener, a lot of the time, um, people tend to uh, not necessarily figure out their problems on their own, but just being able to sort of articulate what's bothering them uh, it is a really helpful. Uh, so, I mean, it was certainly helpful for me. So that's, I would say that's probably um, just knowing that I could count on somebody to be there, I think was really helpful. So just letting somebody know that you're there for them, whatever they need um, and then just be being supportive. However, the person needs it. Um, rather than trying to think of, of ways to solve their problems, um, just sort of give them the shoulder to cry on.
1: Thank you. Such a powerful reinforcement of, of just being just another human, being kind, being sincere and meeting that person where they're at. To your point, it's not a problem that has to be solved. You're working through those things. It's It's being an advocate by just simply listening. Who would have thought, right? Uh, just an uh, amazing, um, simple thing to do, and yet sometimes it can be very, very difficult, or it doesn't always come as naturally as we think. We have to do something larger or more grandiose, and really, some days it's just listen, just listen to me. So, I, I again, I just my continued best wishes for you and your your continual recovery, and obviously, um, much luck to you in uh, in school. Looking Thank forward you. to hearing and following your journey. Um, and again, the idea of taking the experience that you have that you have overcome, that you've lived through, you've survived, you've told us um, here today, and that you're providing others with the time and the space to themselves be validated, to share their fears, but also hear how they can work to overcome those things and, and find what truly fulfills them. Um, this has been such an incredibly powerful um, and poignant podcast for me to listen to, and so I look forward to um, to to everyone hearing your story because the, it's just it, it it really is all about not taking life for granted and not taking the situations, even mundane ones, for granted.
2: Thank you. I, I yes, I truly appreciate you giving me the chance to to speak with you, and and I appreciate uh, the conversation we've had.
1: Excellent. And we look forward to following you, Andrew, and your continued success. We encourage all of our listeners to connect with Andrew Davey for, uh, to hear a powerful, uh, more powerful, inspirational um, thoughts from him. And again, we will include all of the information, the podcast references. I will include the brain injury services uh, group that you mentioned as well for anyone who's just looking for um, additional support or, or more information. So again, thank you so much, Andrew, for sharing your story with us. Um, and we, we look forward to following you in the future.
2: Great. Thank you so much for having me.
1: Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Recharge Your Life podcast. Please sign up for our newsletter at abracigroup.com and follow us on social media. You can find us on LinkedIn at Abraichi Group, Instagram at Warriors of HR, and Twitter at warriors underscore HR. Remember to subscribe to our podcast, leave a review, and please tell a friend. And be sure to drop us a note on how you are recharging your life. We can't wait to hear from you.